fifth seal. Now we move from the earth and we go back up into heaven. Revelation chapter 6 verse 9 to 11. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. Not a nice description there at the end. Now this takes place in heaven. The altar that John sees is the one that's in heaven in Revelation chapter 8 verse 3 to 5. And this is the seven, around the seventh seal. Another angel had a golden censer and came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hands. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Revelation 14 verse 18. Still another angel who had charge of the fire came from the altar and called in a loud voice to him who had a sharp sickle. Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine because its grapes are ripe. Now, so far we see that this is a palace and a temple of God in heaven, and there are also mansions around it. Now, Psalm 11 verse 4, The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord is on His heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. And Psalm 18 verse 6, In my distress I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. Now from this that we, we, we see that God, God responds in his temple to the cry of and prayer of his saints. He, 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 re, he responds. And the response is the release of the seventh seal. And you can read that in Revelation chapter 8 verse 3 to 5 and we'll deal with that at a later time. Now, here in Isaiah we see both a throne and the temple in heaven. Isaiah 6, 1, we've read this before. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. In Habakkuk 2 verse 20, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Similar to the seventh seal, everything goes silent in the heavens. At the breaking of the fifth seal, we see a vision of souls who had died for their faith. Now these souls were placed under this altar that's in heaven. And these are people who had died for their faith in God and their faithfulness to God. Now, personally, I'm not sure whether this spans all the martyrs through all time 
or whether it just relates to the saints, the people of God, who have died thus far in the first three and a half years of the tribulation. Now, Jesus leaves us in no doubt that most of the church, most of us, are going to really suffer badly during this period of time. And, 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 and many of us are going to suffer martyrdom. And many of us are going to be called to endure to the end. In Matthew 24 verse 9 it says, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. In Mark 13, 9-13, it says this. Jesus says this. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as a witness to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand what you are about to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Luke 21.12 But before all this they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. And then John 16, 2. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think that they are offering a service to God. So this is what happens to the ones that died at the hands of these people during this period of time. And they are now under the altar awaiting the answer to their prayer. Now it's interesting, a lot of people don't like to think about the type of prayer that these people prayed. They in fact prayed for vengeance. This was a prayer of vengeance. So these pray, the, 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 this prayer of these people under the altar is actually for the death, for their deaths to be avenged by the power of God. So they're saying to God, we were killed in your name. We want you to avenge us. Now there are three things that I want you to note here and then we'll close off. So this is going to be a very, very short uh, podcast. They are praying for God to avenge them and they are asking, when is this going to happen? When are you going to avenge us? Yeah, that's interesting. Psalm 79.10 Why should the nations say, where is their God? Before our eyes, make known among the nations that you avenge the outpoured blood of your servants. Psalm 94.3 How long, Lord? Will the wicked, how long will the wicked be jubilant? And Habakkuk 1 verse 2, How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Now, in spite of all of that, you know, many people have been praying to the Lord when they go, come under persecution, etc. 
And it seems as if God doesn't answer them. And so these saints here, in, under the fifth seal, the vision we see under the altar by the breaking of the fifth seal, these prayers of vengeance for God to avenge them against their enemies is the breaking of the fifth seal and, and, and we are witnessing what God is going to now do on behalf of these people on the earth dwellers, people that are living on the earth. It's interesting to note the difference between the prayers of these people that are actually in heaven and the prayers of two martyrs that were on earth praying for the same people. So let's look at what Jesus said and what Stephen said. Luke 23 verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And then Acts 7.20, then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. Here's the obvious question. What is the difference? What is the difference? I think personally, the difference is this, that the long suffering of God had now ended. All right, his long suffering. So now I'm 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 going into speculation now. So just the, these are just my thoughts coming out. The time of grace is running to an end, and the full number of the of the dead at this point in time is going to be allocated for, and then God is now going to turn his full attention onto the people of Israel. So he's going to turn away from the nations and he's now going to turn his full attention on the people of Israel. So we're going to be entering into this, the last three and a half years. We're going to be entering into the period of the great tribulation. And so the difference is that the time of God's long suffering has now ended and he is now beginning to pour his wrath out on the whole world. And so you see incoming the sixth seal and the trumpets, wormwoods on its way. So how long? How long were the heathen be allowed to affect God's righteous people? How long were they to be allowed to taunt his people by asking God, what's he doing? When, when, what, what is your God doing? When is your God going to come? He's been talking about this for so many centuries. Nothing's happening. And so now they are praying, Lord, you need to start taking vengeance. When is this going to take place? The second point is this is, a, this is a type of prayer that people don't like to think about or talk about in the church because we've got a little bit religious, religiously correct um, and, and, and not asking for God to avenge us against those who practice evil against us for no, for no reason other than we serve God. Now, these saints here, from my perspective, actually wished to see punishment meted out by God on their persecutors. It's a little bit hard for us to understand this idea that in heaven, there's actually going to be joy. There's actually going to be rejoicing. There's actually going to be if I may say it, a party atmosphere when this punishment begins to be meted out, uh, you know, when, when, when sinners 
get cast into to hellfire. But just consider this, Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 to 3. 6 to 13, I mean. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who lived on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured forth full strength into into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. Think about that. The people that have the mark will be tormented in the presence of the holy angels and Jesus Christ. Verse 11, And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and and its image, or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labors for their deeds will follow them. So it's an incredible picture to see and it's it's sometimes it might be a little difficult for some Christians to transition from this loving Jesus to to Jesus coming out and actually metering out a wrath and a fury against people who reject him and against people who are uh, destroying his people. My third point and last point is that the martyrs are told to rest in place for a little longer until their until their name uh, sorry name until their number is made up so there, there's got to be a completion of the number there's a specific number that 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 God foreknows and at the end of the fulfillment of that number we get the release of the seventh seal, the sixth and the seventh seal that comes, which is and the and the release of the trumpets and the wrath of God. Romans eleven twenty five. I do not want you believers to be unaware of this mystery, God's previously hidden plan, so that you will not be wise in your own opinion, that a partial hardening has temporarily happened to Israel to last until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. So we've got Paul talking about a completion of the number of Gentiles that that will get saved during this period of time. Revelation 6.11 Then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. So God 
answers their request for vengeance and he says to them, just a little bit longer, be patient for a little bit longer. Um, more people are going to experience martyrdom before the wrath of God and his vengeance on their part uh, will be fulfilled. God's time for Jesus Christ to return to the earth and judge the living adversaries of God's plan is about to embark. It's about to unfold. And I think it comes in the wake of the full number of the Gentiles being fulfilled because then his attention turns from Gentiles to the nation of Israel. And we'll deal with the sixth seal and the four trumpets in the next couple of podcasts. But from that point onwards, you've got to remember that the middle of the seven years, we're going to deal with quite a few passages and chapters of scripture and we're going to be dealing with the book of Daniel as well. And what you've got to understand that that is the beginning of Jacob's troubles. That's the beginning of the great tribulation and a lot of events take place. And so what we're going to be looking for there is we're going to be looking at these events. We're going to be looking at things that are trigger events. But this is now the final stages of the preparation of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's something I want you to consider. This is my personal opinion. I place the timing of this seal this request, this prayer request for vengeance at the beginning of Jacob's troubles in the middle of the seven years. All right, and so this gives rise to possibly the sixth seal being part of the four trumpets after the mid midpoint, or it could be at the same time pre the middle of the seven years, uh, the, 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 in the middle of the seven years, and we'll, we'll discuss that in the next podcast. Thank you.